While You Are Folding, Episode 33, Podcast Resurrection. Hi, I'm Catherine Boucher, and you're listening to While You Are Folding. This show is my weekly excuse to talk about my favorite things, marriage, parenting, faith, friendship, culture, what I'm reading and watching, and whatever else strikes my fancy. I've been a wife for 10, well, 11 years, and a mother for eight. I won't pretend to be an expert, but I will introduce you to some amazing guests, ask a whole bunch of questions, invite you into the conversation, and encourage you to share what you heard while you were folding. Let's go ahead and start with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. Come Holy Spirit, teach me how to pray. This week we are approaching Pentecost on Sunday. Holy Spirit, please be with us and help bless our summer season. Teach all of us how to slow down. Teach all of us how to grow closer to you, especially in gentleness. I know a lot of us have our patience being tested these summer months as we adjust to our new schedule and our new normal and trying to figure all of those things out. And it's a gift and help us to remember that. Um, And help us to really learn from our children how they are so able to be present, present to one another, to us and to the moment. Help us to learn from them during this season when we can hopefully slow down a little bit, reconnect, recharge as a family, and really embrace the gift that our children are to us, that we are in our families, and just the gift of friendship and fellowship with the people that we can slow down and reconnect with during this season. And we ask all these things through your name. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Hello! I bet you thought this would never happen, but the podcast is officially back. Those of you who have been my loyal listeners, I am so thankful for you, and I so appreciate you sticking with me. Um, And I'll bring you up to speed on what's been going on in our lives uh, in just a minute. But real quick... I wanted to first of all say that I'm so excited to be back to recording, but in order to make it easier and less daunting for me to release weekly episodes, I thought I would just revamp the podcast format. So I've decided I am going to bring back While You Were Folding, but make it imperfect and embrace the imperfect, embrace the messiness that my life is right now with five young kids. So I'm going to stop letting the perfect be the enemy of the good and just let the show reflect that. So it's not going to sound as polished. I'm I'm probably not going to be recording in the studio. Every time tonight my kids are in bed and Philip's upstairs washing dishes and tidying things up a little bit. So I just ran down here. I'm going to shoot off a quick episode, hopefully just push record and go through it in one shot. So the episodes are probably going to be shorter than usual, um, half an hour or less. The episodes where I 
have a guest, we'll probably be close to half an hour. Otherwise, um, if it's just me, probably closer to 15 or 20 minutes. I'm wanting to continue with a weekly release schedule on Wednesday mornings and then hopefully have a guest maybe once a month or so, but that's not anything rigid. It's going to be much more informal and casual. I'm probably going to be recording some episodes while I am folding my own laundry or walking around the neighborhood. I might even do some interviews like a walk and talk Um, talking with some guests around the neighborhood, because that is one of my favorite ways to spend summer. I don't know about you, but that is one of my very favorite things. In the evening, after the kids are in bed, when Philip's home, just to call up a friend and say, hey, do you want to go for a walk around the neighborhood? And then catch up for a little bit. So I think shorter episodes are probably a better fit for most of the young women that listen to this show anyway. Because I don't know about you, but I do most of my audiobooks or podcasts in bite-sized bits, 5, 10, 15 minutes here or there. And then I kind of like to just chew on whatever I listened to for the rest of the day. So I'm hoping that that's, that's what this show will be for you, that you'll walk away inspired and um, that I can hopefully encourage you to carry on with your day and be uplifted and know that there's another imperfect mom out there who's doing the best that she can day in and day out. And that's really my biggest goal for the show. So I think that we can totally do that. The show will, my, (laughs) my recordings will probably get interrupted Again, the audio probably won't be as great, and I might sound like a chicken with my head cut off, but I'm not going to edit out the imperfect because that's how my life is, and I want you to hear that. So um, please keep sending me your topic ideas and guests that you'd like to hear on the show. As always, you can send those to me at podcast at katherineboucher.com. Okay, so let's get all caught up on what is new around here. I'll try to do this as quickly and succinctly as I can. So I recorded my last episode back in Advent at the end of 2018, and I shared a little bit about how I was struggling with some vision and migraine problems. Uh, Long story short, I went to an eye doctor, a retinal ophthalmologist, and he said that he thought he didn't see anything wrong or anything emergent going on that would be causing my vision problems. But he did say he thought I had some sort of vascular asymmetry, basically that one side of my body's um, circulation system was different than the other side in my eyes and that that's what was causing things. But he thought that it would resolve after pregnancy. So um, I'm three months postpartum. Things are still coming and going with having a blind spot in my right eye. But I think it's slowly improving. If it doesn't improve in another three to four months, I'm supposed to make a follow-up appointment. But thank you to everyone who continued to reach out and say that they were praying for my weird vision problems when I was not uh, releasing episodes. Thank you for that. Things are seeming to be okay. I think they're resolving, but stay tuned on that front. Uh, So that was the beginning of the year when I went to the doctor. And then after that, we did a whole bunch of home improvement stuff around here. 
If you've been listening to the show, you know that the the home improvement stuff started way back last summer. Last June, right around Father's Day, we decided to go to Kansas City for a week. We rented a house down there and just had a little vacation down there with the kids. And the reason that we did that was because we left town so that our floors on the main level of the house could be redone. And the material that we got installed turned out to be totally defective. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So it started falling apart about a month after it was down. So this last year, the company that installed the flooring is amazing. Carpetland, you have a customer for life. Um, Carpetland graciously agreed to remove the defective material and they... Uh, allowed us to get some new stuff and they installed it and it looks beautiful and I'm so happy with it. And we also got some new carpet and uh, redid the fireplace. We took out the wood burning fireplace, installed a gas fireplace, and then we put a new facade on it with um, some really pretty tile. Um, On the hearth part, we did a herringbone pattern in Carrera marble and then we did on the wall a lantern style mosaic pattern in that same Carrera marble. And then we did a gray grout color and then we put a white brand new mantle um, on top. And I think it looks really cool. And then we got a fresh coat of paint on the main floor and took down a couple of walls, expanded the eating area in our kitchen. And it is I am just so pleased. This is the first time we've ever done anything like that, but it is really starting to feel like it's our space and we're going to be doing some fun decorating. I'm trying to keep the palette. Okay, see here we're embracing the imperfect. That's my dog Monty whining (laughs) because I'm not petting him. But what I was saying was we're trying to keep the palette, like the walls and everything pretty neutral so that I can swap out fun pops of color as we change our decorating taste. So getting new throw pillows and throwing some, we painted the built-ins in the family room white and uh, I'm excited to style the shelves. I've left them pretty blank for now, which is really awesome actually to have some completely blank shelves, empty shelves in the family room, just to look at empty shelves. Um, (laughs) Maybe I'm sounding crazy right now. But it just feels so good to see empty space and not a bunch of stuff everywhere. So we were doing all of that and everything was finally done days before I gave birth to our new baby girl. I had a baby girl. She came on Fat Tuesday, March 5th. I was walking on the treadmill on Monday trying to set things in motion And it got the party started and I got to stay at the hospital overnight and she was born Fat Tuesday morning, March 5th. And her name is Gloria Benedicta. And a lot of people have been asking us where her name came from. So Gloria, we were cracking up when we found out that we were pregnant. And if you've listened to the show, you heard the story on episode 27, how and we called that episode Plot Twist. I affectionately call Gloria our family's plot twist because we were in the process of adopting when we found out that we were pregnant with her. 
And we wanted her name to really emphasize the joy and the glory. Thank you, Monty. That this pregnancy gave us and truly taught us that God is the boss and that we are not. So that's where Gloria comes from. All glory to God. And then, okay, I'm going to, Monty, do you want to go outside? (laughs) Do you need to sit in my lap? Come here. And then her middle name, Benedicta, um, we chose that for a couple of reasons. So number one, because St. Edith Stein is one of my very favorite nuns. If you have never heard of her before, do yourself a favor, do a quick Google search. You'll find there are a couple of really great books about her and her life. She was born in a secular Jewish family in the early 20th century, and she converted to Catholicism as a young adult. And she eventually became a Carmelite nun and was martyred in the Holocaust. And she wrote so many beautiful things about the gift of femininity and what it means to be a woman. And I, she is one of the best female Catholic writers I think there is out there. She's actually one of the doctors of the church. Basically, that just means that she wrote a lot of awesome stuff. (laughs) That is beautiful. And um, yeah, she's so inspiring to me. So her name, when she became a Carmelite nun, she took the name St. Theresia, and that was in homage of St. Teresa of Avila and St. Therese of Lisieux, St. Therese the Little Flower. So she wanted to honor them. So she chose the name Theresia Benedicta to the cross or by the cross. I'm sorry. I'm so distracted by my dog right now. Monty, what do you need? Okay. Um, and then the other reason we chose the name Benedicta was to honor Pope Benedict the 16th. He is one of my other very favorite people in all of Catholicism. He was the Pope when Philip and I got married back in 2008 And we're actually celebrating our 11th anniversary tomorrow on May 31st, the Feast of the Visitation. But Pope Benedict, he blessed our marriage. We went, we had the awesome blessing of getting to go to Rome for our honeymoon. And he blessed our marriage. We went to the Wednesday papal audience and it was basically the coolest thing ever. So Gloria Benedicta is her name. And she has been such a great baby. She started sleeping through the night consistently about three and a half weeks ago. But don't tell all my mom friends because they will not be happy about that. Um, <laughs> cause she, she turns three months next week. So that's pretty crazy that she's already sleeping through the night, but Gloria is pretty dreamy, and all of the older siblings, as Philip would say, are acting, quote unquote, developmentally appropriate. So you could say between having a new baby and the end of the school year and transitioning to summer, we've had a lot of really big emotions, acting out, all of that good stuff. But all in all, it has been our smoothest transition yet as far as adding another baby to the family. And we just feel so blessed. This was not part of our master plan since we were hoping to adopt, but 
Gloria has already brought so much joy and I don't know about you, but oh man, I have not always really enjoyed the newborn stage in parenting. It's pretty challenging for me and breastfeeding doesn't always come easily, but this time around, I I jokingly say I think I've completely lowered my standards and that's why things feel so peaceful around here. And I definitely think that that's part of it. And by the time most women I know have a fifth baby, it's easier to let some things go. But I just feel so much more peace about where I am in life and um, my ability to just really embrace this time period. And I, (laughs) I know I just said my baby sleeps through the night, so that definitely doesn't hurt. But things are going really well around here. Other than, uh, Having a new baby, other big milestones that we've had since I recorded our last podcast. We've had four different family members' birthdays. Uh, Walt, our second grader, he's going into third grade now. Walt received his first reconciliation and first Holy Communion. And that means that we are going to have four kids in school next year. Jane's going into fourth grade. Walt is going into third Harold is going into kindergarten and Dorothy is going to do two day preschool. So I'm pretty excited for next year. It's going to be kind of crazy just to have me and Gloria at home two days a week, but that's going to be great. And the month of May, as always, has been just totally wackadoodle. And I'm ready to completely make the transition to summertime and feel like we're finding our new rhythm. But I'll share more about summer and how things are going and tips and tricks, things that are working for me, but more than anything, trying to find out what's working for you to start that conversation. Despite having a brand new baby, I have been doing a lot of reading lately, and I think audiobooks are a big part of that. They have just completely changed my ability to read way more. And I constantly have a steady stream of books on hold and that are coming in from the library using the Libby app, L-I-B-B-Y. Check it out if you haven't seen it before. Chances are your library has it or something like it. So I just finished listening to Michelle Obama's memoir, Becoming. And I'm going to see if Monty will go upstairs. Monty, go upstairs. Go see daddy. Go get him. So I finished Michelle Obama's memoir, Becoming, and I should say, I come from a family where reading that book, just reading the book, would be considered heretical. I grew up in a home where we had 24-7 Fox News on. When I turned 11, I actually called in to Rush Limbaugh's talk show and chatted with him. So... (laughs) Hopefully that paints a picture of the kind of family that I grew up in politically. Um, so it's kind of, it was kind of a departure for me to to choose this book and listen to it. But oh my goodness, I am really trying hard to challenge myself to try and read different books or articles or listen to radio programs. Um, from people who come from totally different backgrounds or have really different worldviews than I do. And the whole reason I'm doing that is just to challenge myself to try and understand where the person's coming from, hear their voice, 
why they believe what they believe, why they're doing what they're doing, so that hopefully it's an exercise in empathy for me. And just trying to understand not everyone, I'm blessed to live in a community where it's easy for me to be surrounded by people who have the same core belief system that I do. And I love being part of a really strong, young, dynamic parish, but not everyone has that. And I think sometimes it's easy for me to get to not always branch out from what I affectionately call the Catholic bubble that I live in. So I'm trying to read more um, from people who don't always have the same beliefs that I do. So that's what inspired me to pick up this book. That and I've had so many different people recommend it to me. So I picked it up. And by pick it up, I mean I downloaded it from the library and I listened to it on audio. First of all, um, nothing against Michelle Obama, but the book, when I downloaded it, I was really overwhelmed because it was 18 hours of audio. And I quickly realized it was because she speaks very slowly. So I'm sorry, Michelle, but I had to speed it up if I was going to get through this book. So I listened to it on one and a half speed. Surprisingly, one and a half speed did not do what that usually does and make the person sound like a chipmunk. Instead, it just made it sound like normal conversational speed. So I listened to it on audio at one and a half speed. And I don't know how much of the book she wrote herself or if she had a ghostwriter or what. But I was so impressed with the quality of the writing. And in the audio version, she did such a phenomenal job as the storyteller of really just pausing at the right places, even at one and a half speed. Um, But I just thought the audio was really well done. And I was so um, just so attracted to everything about her as a storyteller. She had so many beautiful passages on femininity and motherhood and the sacrifice that that takes and um, identity and what it looked like for her in her early childhood to grow up in a family that didn't have all of these privileges of wealth or race or for her gender and talking about being a young working woman and um, meeting Barack and their romantic relationship and trying to juggle uh, how she thought of herself as a young working woman and then getting married and marrying a man who didn't have very traditional views about what marriage means. And then their struggles with infertility. And I loved hearing her talk about race and how that has impacted her at different ages and stages of life, because that's not something that has ever been an issue for me. And I especially loved hearing about the events that happened while she was in the White House and to see them through her eyes, because I, of course, remember them from my vantage point being a young woman in Nebraska and what I thought of those events, but to see them through her eyes and to remember that she is a daughter herself, a wife and a mother. And just to hear her talk about it really, this sounds silly, but it really humanized her and helped me to realize that 
she was always doing the best that she could as a wife and mother. And Barack was doing the best that he could and striving for things that I maybe didn't always agree with. But hearing her perspective on things just gave me so much more empathy for them as a family and the struggles that they must have gone through being a an African-American family in the White House. And hearing her talk about being a quote-unquote angry Black woman and how some people thought she wasn't audacious enough and didn't speak out enough and other people thought she was too bold and just the difficulty that she had in that position. So anyway, I thought that that was really um, just so needed for me. I needed to hear all those things. I didn't always agree with everything she talked about. Something that really rubbed me the wrong way was her tendency to talk about the quote unquote, the Republicans, as if they're always a homogenous group, not that they're not made up of individual people. I know so often, especially during Barack Obama's presidency, that um, there was such a tendency for people to become more polarized politically and for people to vote as a block. But there were a lot of times in the book where she would just speak about the Republicans as a group, not in terms of how the political party was voting, but in terms of them as a group trying to um, just take over the political agenda and to, I don't know the word I'm looking for. Um, New mom brain is a real thing. Just to sabotage is, I guess, the word I'm looking for. Sabotage all of Barack's attempts to make some change. And her one of her favorite words was progress. And to pit the Republicans against progress. That annoyed me. Especially because there were a lot of times in the book where she was trying to talk about how we should be trying to reach across the aisle to engage the other side. And it's difficult to humanize someone when you view them as a homogenous group instead of individuals that you're trying to empathize with. So that kind of bothered me. But all in all, I am a very stingy star giver for the rating system with books, but I gave this one five stars because it's just a great story about her life as a woman. I don't care what you think about her politics and everything else. And I'll I'll tell you here, I don't agree with, with most of... Um, her family's political beliefs just based on what she shared in the story. I don't know how she votes in the voting booth. Um, I can guess <laughs> since she's Barack Obama's wife and uh, what she shared in the story. But I just love, I loved the- her story and I am so glad that I listened to it. And my favorite part of the whole thing was when it was kind of a bookend format where she started the audiobook by sharing a story of the quietness that she's having in her life now, getting to sit down on the stoop. And I think she said she made herself some cheese toast, which I've never made before. I've made grilled cheese, but never cheese toast. And how she had their small house to herself for the evening and how she made the snack for herself and how amazing that was, because for years, she always had someone waiting on her hand and foot, which was great in the White House. But at the same time, it was kind of sometimes uh, a little suffocating, I think she would say. And then at the end, she 
So she goes all the way through childhood and being a teen and a young adult, getting married, and then the years in the White House, and then leaving after President Trump was elected. So you learn a whole lot about Michelle Obama and her life and a fun glimpse into the White House. So I highly recommend it. I think I'm going to continue to try to watch and read and listen to things from people who come from a different worldview or don't always agree with me politically. And I think it's it's good. I think um, it's something that I would encourage all of you to think about doing. And I would love to hear if there's something that you've read or watched lately that challenged you. And I'd love to hear how it challenged you and what it was and whether you'd recommend it or not and what you liked about it. So let me know. Um, but that's, that's it for new content for this week. I'll be back next time with a quick update and a new topic and some food for thought. And I look forward to hearing from you. Let me know if you have any guest ideas or topics for future shows. And like I said, if you've read anything or listened to something, watched something that challenged you lately that you recommend, pass it along. You can always send me topics, guest ideas, anything at all to podcast at katherineboucher.com or you can find me on Facebook or Instagram. Until next time, don't be afraid to begin again and share what you heard while you were folding. <laughs>